nearly time to say hi to Danny Hicks. So join us on Facebook Live if you can. We've got quite a few things to get into this week. So it's post-Euros, it's pre-Olympics, and there's some very cool stuff in between. Good day, Danny. How's it going? Uh, very well, Phil. Uh, yeah, uh, a week till the Olympics start a week today. Uh, to be precise, it's about seven days and about seven hours from now. The opening ceremony starts, but we'll get into that in a minute. A lot of sport going on. As you say, post-Euros, I think it's all been said, to be honest, on the Euros. Deeply disappointed. Um, the the shameful abuse of the England players. Um, I said Jonathan Pye picked you, and, and I just said, you know, if you know, you know who Jonathan Pye is. But uh... Yeah, <laughs> have a look at Jonathan Pye. He, as usual, he's spot on with it. And uh, the bandwagon-jumping uh, uh, politicians who refuse to content, condemn people uh, booing England players taking a knee and now saying that they've always been against racism and and are doing everything to stamp it out is a bit leaves a bit of a sour taste. But at the end of the day, people, it's a football match. It's a football match that went to a penalty shootout. Penalty shootout is a toss of a coin. Germany missed, uh, Italy missed two penalties. Jordan Pickford saved them. Uh, the Italian keeper saved two penalties. And Marcus Rashford, if it's an inch to the right, it hits the post and goes in, and England win. You know, it's. It is that fine, the margin. It's a toss of a coin. We're all gutted at the time. Let's get over it and uh, look forward to the World Cup next year where, you know, England, now we can say we'll be real contenders. So um, that's all I've got to say on that. Yeah, yeah this is you being massively restrained and it's all been said. Well, the message has been shared all over the world. And it's not for, a you know, an old, old white man um, to tell uh people of colour and people who suffer this abuse, how they should react and how they should deal with it. It's for them entirely to decide when and when not they should take a knee and so on. Yeah. And uh, and if they decide that's their best course of action, then good on them and I will back you in whatever you do because we have to rid sport of this scourge of prejudice and racism uh, and that's the most important thing. Anyway, had my say. Well, Let's what, get what, on. what do you have to say? What do you have to say? Join, join us on Facebook Live. This today, it might be really cool to hear from you because I know a lot of our listeners and viewers are very opinionated when it comes to their sport. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, we move on and the Open Championship, Golf's Open Championship has started uh, yesterday at Royal St George's Sandwich down in Kent and didn't, didn't it look a picture down there? Uh, certainly in the morning. I when grew the up near there. Shining. I think it's a dump. <laughs> the south of England coast, yeah, or down the road, it's a bit of a dump. Uh, Dungeness and places like that. Like me, uh, yes. There, there's some, uh, there's some lovely bits of of the world down there, and uh, it never fails to disappoint. The the Open Championship, we've got the cream rising to the top of the leaderboard. Louis Oosthuizen leading on six under par, terrific round there. We'll hear from him in a little while. But uh, one person I was particularly pleased to see do well was Jordan Spieth, yeah. uh, the 2017 champion. Hasn't won a major since he won the Open in 2017. Only just won a, won a tournament for the first time this year. Having had a real slump in his career, but he looked back to his absolute awesome best. And he clearly has an affinity with the Open Championship. I've really loved this tournament. Um, played well here, whether I've come in in form or not. Uh, and so last year, missing missing being able to play this tournament was certainly something that uh, you know that I didn't want to do. And now we're back, and and it feels actually inside the ropes when we teed off on the first tee forward. It feels the most normal of any tournament I think that we've played thus far, um, relative to that same tournament in previous years pre-COVID. So um, the fans are fantastic here. I mean, they're just um, the best.
Yeah, he was uh, he was pressed on his comments there about fans being fantastic and the best. And uh, uh, short of, uh, I think we all know what he means. You know, some of the fans in America, the incessant cries of get in the hole and you're the man and all this. Get on your nerves. You don't get that in Open Championship. You get great applause for great shots. And you get fans that that know their golf and, and don't speak out of turn. And I think he really enjoys that. He's a bit old fashioned in that sense, George. You're, you're so anti anti Brit fans this morning. <laughs> well, it, you know, sometimes it gets a bit tedious and tiresome. You know, the first bloke to shout "get in the hole" on a tee shot on a par five thirty years ago was probably funny at the time. Thirty years on, when you hear it every tee shot, it's not funny anymore, guys. Stop doing it. Anyway, Jordan Spieth right up there, just a shot behind. Uh, Louis Ustase and Brian Harmon are from America, left-hander from America as well, on, on five under par. Yeah. And some good starts for some of the English players, I'm glad to see. Justin Rose, our former Hong Kong Open champion, three, uh, three under par, 67, terrific round. Tommy Fleetwood and Paul Casey, who will both represent Great Britain at the Olympics, and I'll be covering them there at the Kamisageki Country Club in a couple of weeks' time. They're both three under par as well, going great guns. Dustin Johnson, the world number one, two under par. Sergio Garcia, who got stuck in traffic and almost missed his tee off time, had to get a police escort to the ground, uh, to the course, two under par. But some struggles for uh, John Rahm, who won the US Open, of course, uh, last month. He's at one over par. Uh, defending champion Shane Lowry, it seems strange to say defending champion Shane Lowry, because he won it in 2019, of course, so we didn't have a 2020 Open. Yeah, so he's yeah. been defending champion for two years. Came to Hong Kong in between and finished uh, in the top five in Hong Kong, uh, you may remember. Uh, he's won over par as well, so got some work to do. And Bryson DeChambeau, last year's US Open champion, of course, famous for his sort of bomb and gouge tactics, long hitting, um, won over par as well. And he had to apologise to his club manufacturers after this outburst at the end of his round. If I can hit it down the middle of the fairway, that's great. But again, with the driver right now, the driver sucks. It's uh, not a good face for me, and we're still trying to figure out how to make it uh, good on the miss hits. And, uh, you know, I'm living on the razor's edge, like I've told people for a long time. And, you know, when I did get it outside of the fairway, uh, like in the first cut and whatnot, I catch jumpers uh, out of there, and I couldn't control my wedges. So it's quite finicky for me because it's uh, a golf course that's, that's pretty short. And so when I hit driver up there and it doesn't necessarily go in the fairway, it's right in the first cut or whatever, or it's in, in the uh, uh, hay, it's tough for me to get it out onto the green and control that. Yeah, this club sucks. Well, uh, his manufacturers, Cobra, uh, responded with a with a tweet that said it's the sort of comment an eight-year-old makes when they're angry. So <laughs> they've been working hard with him to get his clubs right. He has a five-degree lofted driver, which if anybody who's played golf will know is ridiculous. And, and it, it's not a club that's made normally, so they're yeah. tailor-made for him. He's had a go. He's since put out a statement apologising for his comments uh, about his club manufacturer, and rightly so. He may have been rude about them, and they may have responded, yes. but the guy knows his onions. He probably just said it wrongly, so they need to fix something, yeah, surely. he did. He did, And uh, but it's not the club manufacturer's fault he kept hitting it in the rough and had a bad day. Let me say hello to some of our, our, our friends on Facebook Live, if you don't mind. Uh, the last message was from Greg. He said, any thoughts on DeChambeau, Danny? Well, you've just, you just fixed that one. Go. Uh, good morning to Dave from Australia, who's talking about a couple of other uh, few things that have been going on, taking about the knee and bits like that. Dave, lovely to hear from you from Melbourne, Australia. We'll come back to some, um, some of the sort of housekeeping stuff at the end. And Lovely to hear from you, though. Yeah, what and just, com coming, well, just coming back to Bryson DeChambeau, because... Uh, 
you know, he he's complaining basically that when he didn't hit in the fairway, he, he couldn't get it on the green. Well, who'd have thought, you know, the name of the game in golf is hit it on the fairway. Hello. And the man who's leading the tournament, some seven shots better off than Bryson DeChambeau, uh, had some advice for uh, the big hitter as well. Here's Louis Estesen. I think number one on this golf course is hit the fairway. Um, you're not going to be able to do much from the rough here or, or the fairway bunkers. <laughs> so, um, you know, coming into exactly. this week, driving the ball, um, good is, is, is key and um, if you're uncomfortable with the driver around this golf course then you know don't be scared laying further back as long as you can get in the fairway what great advice that is from the man leading the tournament and has also come second in two majors this season uh, and the Masters and, and, and the PGA Louis Tazen. Uh, if you're not comfortable with the driver take something else and lay back Find the fairway. It's the key to open golf. It's the key to links golf. Yeah. So length isn't everything. We'll leave it there. Looking forward <laughs> to the second round today. Uh, uh, let, but let's uh, quick, quick to question. Tom. Quick question from yeah. Tom, if I may. Uh, he says, "Has yeah. Danny signed the petition to have the match replayed?" <laughs> I think that's, that's a football <laughs> joke, right, Tom? How are you, son? <laughs> I think it might be the same result if they replayed it. So uh, <laughs> let's not let's not go through that. Join us on Facebook Live. Great to hear from you. Yours, Danny. Yeah, uh, that that wasn't a very pleasant two hours starting at three o'clock in the morning the other day. But uh, yeah, we said about that. But it's all happening in uh, Great Britain, in in the UK, in England this weekend because Formula One Circus is there. Silverstone, British Grand Prix, and it's going to be a very different British Grand Prix. We've got sprint qualifying for the first time, and all sorts of things. And overnight. Uh, the cars for 2022, there's going to be a big shake-up in Formula One. And the new car, the shape of the new car, yeah. was revealed overnight. Uh, and the drivers got to have a look at it for the first time. And it's an incredible beast. We, we'll show you. If you're watching on Facebook Live now, we've got some images to show you of the new car that was revealed for the first time last night. Yeah. We, we had some prototypes revealed a couple of years ago when I was at the Singapore Grand Prix, which were very futuristic and very Batmobile-like. Incredible. The tone those down us, okay, but um, this is really, uh, it's really got the juices flowing for next season. You've got the new 18-inch rims on the wheels rather than 13-inch, which means the tyres have got a much lower profile, uh, which means the handling will be different. The whole car is designed to allow racing to be closer, to cut down on that turbulence behind yeah. so that cars can follow more closely and we can have closer racing in the f future they've got like spoilers over the wheels that sort of take tips from from aircraft design where you have those wing tips that that disperse the air and stop stop um kind of vortices forming yeah the, the front wing looks incredibly curvy and almost sexy it's uh, uh and the drivers uh got their first look at it uh yesterday at silverstone mm -hmm. and uh well, let's hear what the drivers had to say. We've got Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell all talking about the new car. I haven't got that one, I'm afraid. Danny can't get that one to, uh, to crank up, but we are looking at the pictures there of these guys and uh, the new car looks absolutely stunning. Apologies to that. I'll yeah, try and get back to it. Basically, they were... They're looking forward to it if it does what it says on the tin. If it means closer racing, it'd be great for the drivers, great for the fans. Yeah. Great for us. Anyway, that's all to look forward to for next season but to look forward to today it's going to be a very unusual formula one weekend because we've got for the first time we've got uh, qualifying on a friday and the qualifying will be for the sprint race tomorrow yeah. and the sprint race will decide the positions finishing order in the sprint race will decide 
positions on the grid for the main race on Sunday. So just it's going to be different. If you're used to watching at certain times for practice, and I'll just run you through how the weekend's going to work. Today, Please, yeah. we have f- free practice one, and that will be at 9.30 our time, an hour as usual, uh, first practice. Uh, and that will be when the, 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 the cars, you know, do their installation laps and try and get their setups right. But there's yeah. going to be less practice this weekend. And then at one o'clock in the morning, there's going to be qualifying the usual Q1, Q2, Q3 that we know and love uh, with five cars being eliminated until we get to Q3. That will be at one o'clock in the morning till two o'clock in the morning. And that will decide the grid for the new sprint race tomorrow. Mm. Sprint race will be 100 kilometres, which at Silverstone is about 17 laps, I believe. Uh, So it's going to be fast and furious. There's going to be no pit stops required, no tyre changes. It's going to be flat out. There'll be three points for the winner, two for the three championship points for the winner, two for the second, one for the third, and also decide the grid. And and also, cars will now have a free choice of tyres for the race. Whereas it, it, before they had to use the, the tyre they, they qualified on, in, they set their best time on in Q2 right. to start the race. That won't happen anymore. But before that, so the, the timings for tomorrow's sessions are there'll be a second practice session, 7 o'clock our time till 8 o'clock. The sprint race will start at 11.30 at night our time. Will last about half an hour, believe it or not, 100 kilometres. Only takes about half an hour in these beasts on a fast track like Silverstone. It's going to be flat out. They're going to have the fastest... It's going to be a little bit of strategy because do you bolt on the soft tyre, which is undoubtedly fastest, but in a sprint race will go off before the end of the race and may 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 not last? Mm. Or do you go for the medium or hard, which will be more durable, get you there, but might not be so quick at the position? And, you know, track position could be everything in that. We've never seen a sprint race before, so we don't know what's going to happen. The finishing order of that, as we say, will uh, we'll set up the grid for Sunday's race, which will be at 10 o'clock at night, our time, from Silverstone. So it's going to be a fascinating weekend. There's something to watch, really, every day. We've there got qualifying lot. today. Yep, yep. We've got sprint race tomorrow. We've got main race on Sunday. So it's going to be great. I don't think the drivers quite know how it's going to work out. It's a, it's a step into the unknown. We've got two more Grand Prix this season where they're going to trial this sprint race concept. If it works and it's popular and the drivers like it and the fans like it, mm. I mean, we could see it becoming the standard kind of race weekend in the future, I guess, especially with these new cars. I mean, it gives it really exciting to look forward to, to 2022, I think, with these new cars and the, these new things they're trying. And, and, and it seems to be for once, rather than the manufacturers um, dictating what's happening, it seems that there seems, there seems to be a real kind of working party and a body in Formula One that is working hard with these cars, with these innovations, to give the fans better racing and more entertainment. Better and more racing? Entertainment what, what exactly do you mean by better racing? Closer racing, uh, more competitive uh, races that aren't just decided on strategy and in the pits, and uh, and also something for the fans to get their teeth into every day of a w- race weekend. Normally, Friday is just practice sessions, can be a bit dull, cars just going around doing long runs, uh, not really knowing whether the times are meaningful because we don't know how they're fueled up, we don't know what weight they're carrying, we don't know what settings they've got. Now you're going to have a qualifying on a Friday, yeah. meaningful meaningful stuff for the fans to watch a sprint race on a saturday it's going to be an extra race to watch which is going to be great and you're going to have the main race on a sunday so if you pay your your money for your three days camping at silverstone over a race weekend you've got something to get your teeth into every day of those three days and i think that's great and that's what i mean about giving more entertainment and more value for money for the fans which which uh, you know hats off to them for trying it let's hope it works well dave reckons v8 supercars use this system and it seems to work very well 
Yeah, I wouldn't know too much about that. I mean, that's down in Australia. That, that I know it's highly popular, that system. I, I know there's different different things being tried. And I mean, it's interesting with the launch of the new car. They were talking about how Formula One is, is looking to be totally sustainable by 2030, right. uh, i.e. carbon neutral, which is a bit difficult to envisage with, you know, petrol engines and stuff. But uh, Ross Brawl was saying, you know, they'll never go... They'll never go fully electric because you've got an electric and it wouldn't be that it wouldn't be Formula One. So how is it going to be sustainable? They're looking at having hydrogen fueled cars in the future. So the next step after these cars could be hydrogen fueled cars, which, of course, don't pollute. They they kick out, they burn oxygen and they kick out water is the waste product. So what's the kickback on safety on that one? Because there's talk of hydrogen fueled planes as well. And obviously you can imagine what people say. Absolutely. Um, I don't know what the, 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 the. the safety considerations are on that but i think we've come a long way from the hindenburg um, (laughs) and things blowing up in that respect so yeah uh i'm all for innovation and 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 eventually you know what happens in formula one what leads the way with hybrid engines and stuff ends up in our road cars so um you know there is a kickback right across the globe from it so uh long may they continue um so that's formula one this weekend gonna be great to watch uh we have got the the elephant in the room, I suppose, of the Olympics starting next Yeah, Friday. let's talk about our plans um, for the next couple of weeks. Oh, and yours for more, yeah, much longer, well, actually. my plans are, as soon as I finish today, I'm off for my second COVID test in two days, which I require from the Japanese government to uh, to actually get on a plane to go there. I'll be flying to, Jap- to Tokyo on Sunday. I'll be in place from Monday. And from next Friday, we'll be bringing you... Uh, Every weekday on Morning Brew at 9.40 in the morning, I'll be bringing you all the latest from the Olympics right through until the day after the closing ceremony, which will be uh, August the 9th. So uh, join us every day for that. Uh, I'll be there uh, doing various things. The first few days I'm going to be on covering weightlifting, I think. That's one of your favourites, actually. You really And like it's it. one of my favourites. <laughs> and also on the Monday, just to mark your card, Philippines have a Heidelin Diaz, who won gold medal at the... Asian Games in Jakarta. She's going for gold in the uh, women's over fifty, under fifty-five kilogram class. And if she does it, she'll be the first. She's the first ever woman to win a, a medal from the Philippines. She won silver medal four years ago in Rio. Yeah. If she wins gold, she'll be the first gold medalist ever from the Philippines. What an achievement that would be. Now, this would be fantastic because, Danny, you know, obviously when mm. people like me think of the Olympics, running, etc., etc., but you're so, into yeah. the, you're so into the other stuff, and I think it's wonderful to I'm, be able to share that with our listeners. I like to do the stuff that... I like to cover the stories that, you know, and the athletes that don't normally get in the limelight and you yeah. may not have heard of, and they've got great, great stories to tell. That, to me, is what the Olympic spirit is all about. They get... Once every four years, they get their place or every five years, as it's been with this one, yet they get their place in the spotlight. I remember talking to Heidelin after she won gold medal in Jakarta at the Asian Games and saying, you know, Tokyo 2020, two years' time, that's my big goal. Gold, gold there, and that'll be her fourth, it's her fourth Olympics, amazingly, mm. and, uh, you know, that'll be retirement. Well, she's had to wait another year, you know. You gear up your whole career towards this crescendo, this climax, this moment of of hopefully gold and then everyone's had to delay it by a year so it's going to be very interesting let me just fill our listeners in on what's going on so as he said every morning 9 40 ish he's going to be on with me live from tokyo we're going to open it up to you as well you can put your comments Ooh. and your questions and all sorts of stuff on our facebook page or email yeah. me uh, adam's going to have the end of day report in news wrap at about 10 to 7 uh, the hong kong today guys are running some really cool features and noreen has got something very special for you once a week so we're all over it just check our Radio 3 homepage and Facebook. There you go, Danny. Yeah, so a bit of latest news overnight. Novak Djokovic, new Wimbledon champions, won all three Grand Slams so far this season. 
could he be going for a Golden Slam? Yes, he is. He said he's going to Tokyo. There's some speculation he wouldn't. He is going to go to Tokyo and then try and do the Golden Slam, as it were, by winning the US Open as well, if he can win the gold medal in Tokyo, which is an achievement only been done once before by Steffi Graf in the very first Olympics where tennis was played uh, or was reinstated, 1988. Yeah. Um, so that would be incredible if he can do that. But on the flip side, uh, Angelique Kerber, Victoria Azarenka have pulled out saying they don't want to go to Tokyo overnight. So there is this thing. We've, we've had news as well yesterday from Tokyo that uh, there's been 1,300 new cases of COVID in the city, which is the highest number, a single day number since January, a yeah. six month high. So Japanese people are very much against, a lot of them are against the Olympics happening. We're going to be in a bubble. It's going to be very strange. Um, there's going to be no spectators. We also heard yesterday that if they do win, a, if someone like Heidelin Diaz does win a gold medal, she's going to have to present it to herself because the medals ceremonies are going to look different. They're just going to be offered the medal on a tray. Yes. On a tray, they have to pick it up themselves and put it around their own neck. Well, so. this is the kind of thing that we're really looking forward to hearing from you, Danny, next week. The kind of stuff that you just won't know until you get there. I'm going to leave it there for the time being. Uh, we won't be doing sports and all like this for a few weeks, but you're going to be... Um, I was going about to say sick of him. No, you're going to be enjoying Danny every weekday at 9.40. Have a good one, Danny. Safe travels. Bye-bye, mate. Cheers.